everybody. Football Fact Check is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. I tell you this every week, and I'm going to tell it to you again now, in case you haven't heard me. NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts. Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have already downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Now, looking over the Week 12 slate in the NFL, if I could attend one game, I would be in Santa Clara, California. Humongous stakes for both the visiting Packers and the Niners. That place is starting to come to life as Jimmy G and company continue their season-long roll. Go check them out, and before you check them out, you can see what your seat is going to look like for the national game uh, next uh, Sunday night. You can see a a panoramic seat view from the section that you're considering getting tickets for. Then it's easy peasy to get so easy even dumb Dave Damashek can use it. The app is uh, is just a breeze to use. Only takes a couple of taps and a couple of minutes to complete your checkout. So make sure you do that. And by the way, reminder while you're there, take a look at all the music and theater tickets available as well. Those also can be had on Game Time. Head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. football fans i hope week 11 treated you well welcome to football fact check here on the athletic as always our first show of the week is free not just to subscribers but to everyone under the sun so pass the good word let them know about football fact check coming at you from el segundo california on the heels of a rams victory over the bears it really kind of was representative of week 11 in the last couple of weeks in pro football as scoring is really Hard to come by. 17 to 7. 13 out of the 13 games played, 12 teams hit 17 or fewer points. Not great stuff. The anomaly there are the Baltimore Ravens. They continue to not just win games, but to truck all comers. It's remarkable stuff. Let's jump into all of what we're seeing here with our fellas surrounding us in El Segundo. There's Gabe. What's happening with you, fella? Oh, I'm a lot. A lot going on. A yeah? lot of football. On and off the field football talk. I've been deep, deep into the internet trying to learn uh, everything I need to know for today. Yeah, did you hear about uh, the game on Thursday night, how it wrapped up? Hadn't heard. What, what took people, place? Well, a lot of people have opinions about that. There's Zurio over there what's happening with you pally hey there uh doing well uh a lot of low scoring games it's almost like adding an extra game next year might be a bad idea uh maybe too much football no 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 sorry okay. never too much football <laughs> yeah I, I i think especially if we can adopt and i'm pretty sure that i have enough sway to get this done i would like there to be a rivalry week much like you see in college football i would like to see the texans and cowboys play every year put these games all in the same weekend too. make the Dolphins and the Buccaneers play regional rivals on either side of the conference ledger. Uh, Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia, Giants versus Jets, Niners versus Raiders, Chargers versus Rams, and so on. You get the idea. I'll sign off on on that much at least. And there's uh, Quincy over there. What started out as having some momentary optimism for the Detroit Lions were back right where they seem to always be. How are you, Quincy? Man, I was watching that, and I seen that they scored the first touchdown, and I was so excited. I'm like, yes, maybe we can get this, pull this win off, you know? 
but nevertheless, it ended sad again. That's why I'm wearing Michigan clothes today, because yeah, they were the winning go. team this weekend. Yeah, you're going glass half full there, mm-hmm. and, you know, it does remind me, the Cowboys, I guess, beauties in the eye of the beholder, the defense didn't do a ton to stop Jeff Driscoll. However, Dak Prescott continues his under-the-radar sort of MVP campaign. Everybody has basically boiled it down to Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. But I think at this point, you kind of have to say that Dak Prescott is at least worthy of consideration. Ultimately, he won't get that. He will get uh, a giant pile of loot at some point between this moment and the start of the 2020 NFL season. And you can count on it being with the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to let him out of the building, given the way he's played. And and you know what? We express great optimism, great confidence in that before the season kicked off. And after some stumbles along the way, the defense is the liability perhaps in Dallas, but, uh, but the offense, no such problems. They are rolling. Um, but uh, yes, and when you mention... What happened, Quincy, with uh, with the Cowboys, it brings to mind, I think, the biggest games remaining on the NFC side of things. One, the Cowboys and Eagles uh, redo when they get it back on down in Big D. I think the loser of that, the way it's tracking, I know I have been confident in both those teams getting to the playoffs, but it's starting to look like loser of that game doesn't wind up in the postseason because the Vikings continue to win and I did not have great confidence in that happening and that brings me to another humongous game still outstanding on the uh, NFL regular season slate the Vikings hosting the Packers before that the Packers are on their way to play the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football this weekend that one is a massive game on a couple of levels not just for playoff positioning I think we can assume that both those teams are going to wind up playing in January but as we continually point out 17 of the last 20 Super Bowl participants had not just a playoff spot but a bye and so that's all important if you actually want to not just be playing in January but be winning and advancing all the way into February so that you can reach the reach the goal of Miami Florida on the first Sunday in February and so I think that the Niners more than the Packers really absolutely positively have to have this one if they they realistically want to get a buy. Obviously, the Seahawks are right on their heels there. That's another one that looms large by the end of the season, Week 17. But if the Niners don't beat the Packers at home, their upcoming slate is what, Quincy? They have just as uh, as brutal a path as anybody left, left uh, out there among the uh, playoff contenders. After the Packers, they got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Then they have the Saints. After that, they have the Falcons, then the Rams, and then Seahawks to end it all off. I mean, about as uh, rough a path as you could lay out there on the other side of things. Raiders looking good. Uh, one of the nice stories there from the moment Antonio Brown kind of went scorched earth on Derek Carr and the Carr family. Who would have thought at this moment that the Raiders would be 6-4 and four and uh, and tracking towards the playoffs? Look at what they have left. They do not have a whole lot of tough uh, opposition upcoming. They still have to go to Arrowhead, but pending tonight's result in Mexico City, um, they might not even need to win that game at Arrowhead, and they can still end up winning the AFC West. In the meantime, Lamar Jackson, like we say, the anomaly, the Baltimore Ravens, doing things that no one else is doing, whether you think the Patriots are a contender, the Saints, the Niners, the Packers, and otherwise, what the Ravens are doing that really stands out is they are destroying anyone who gets in front of them right now. And I've been back and forth on how sustainable it is. And I think to put an asterisk next to my opinion, I was all in on Lamar Jackson making hay 
all through the 2019 season. My question about whether or not they could sustain this as a team wasn't so much about the offense as it was the you know, mediocre to bad defense that they were playing. But Jimmy Smith coming on, and then they trade for Marcus Peters, and now all of a sudden the defense is playing this well, and this allows. Of course, you can't just run the ball. If you go down a couple of scores and you're playing the way that Lamar Jackson offense is going, then that is its kryptonite, is that, as they say, it's not meant to come from behind. Well, if the defense is keeping everything a one-score game, then this is as dangerous a team as there is in the NFL with uh, with about a third of the season left. So look out for them. We'll talk about where that offense really kind of sort of started and may not be getting its due, but let's start where Week 11 began back on Thursday night, or in fact, where that Thursday night game ended. The last five seconds, you may have heard a lot of nonsense going on down on the field, a lot of finger-pointing about who's to blame. To me, it's pretty clear that this was Miles Garrett, whatever Mason Rudolph did on the field, kicking someone and wherever he may have kicked them and what at whatever, however he grabbed the guy and uh, and you know whatever exchange they may have had. I mean, the exponential acceleration of the incident with Miles Garrett swinging that helmet around. If he had bonked my Mason Rudolph on top of the head in the wrong part with the helmet and knocked that guy out, I mean, then. This would be far uglier than it already is. Gabe, how say you on all this? Well, I mean, yeah, and if you put it that way, he's kind of lucky he didn't. That's the point, I, mean, I he, guess. He could have been facing like criminal charges. Instead, he's sitting out the rest of the regular season and who knows after that. What what I don't, what I'm struggling with, right? Instead of, I, I haven't got as bent out of shape about who to blame and, and how much punishment to give out. It, it seemed like everyone was sort of in the wrong. What I'm more interested in is our reaction as fans. And I was saying this to the the guys earlier. What we're asking for from these guys for uh, an entire game is basically take violence all the way up to a, a, a certain line and then never cross that line. Give us all the violence we can possibly take. Which is why when people start talking about criminal charges on a in a collision sport, it always feels out of bounds to me. Yeah, so let's just confront that. Like... Yes, he went too far. Yes, he owns that. Yes, he has to pay a price for it. But we do also expect him to nearly kill someone on every play of the game. And so it just, I don't know, think about yourself. Like when you're stuck in traffic or when you're having a bad day, like you don't always control yourself. You do and say things you regret in your normal life. You aren't put in a situation where, you know, you even have the opportunity to hit someone like that. And there are never 80,000 people cheering for you to smash someone. So I just, I don't know, man. Like it just, the whole thing made me feel weird about what I'm rooting for out there. I completely agree. And my pushback on that sort of logic, and I, but, but while I completely hear it and intellectually understand it is, when have you seen that happen before? No, it, in Domican uh, Sue, the the argument about like, well, in Domican Sue, how dare he? This young man is ruining his potential Hall of Fame career. Remember six, eight years ago when he was kicking guys with it seems like weekly regularity. That was it's like all right, how how much to heart is he supposed to take that when Jack Tatum and Deacon Jones and uh, and Jack Lambert and Mean Joe Green are as celebrated as they are when they would cross the line like that? You 
still never saw people swinging helmets around like that as violently and out of control as Miles Garrett was. That's my it, the, this was this was so out of bounds to me that that's what makes it stay. I, I but I completely get what you're saying. And to my original point, yes, I don't think that felony charges would make any sense with something like this. And and what's further, I don't think that Miles Garrett deserves to have the rest of his life ruined now. Whether or not it will may be another discussion. I mean, ask Meta World Peace. What's the first thing you think about? He changed his name even, and we still think about that. And, you know, one, it, it, it's something I talk about with uh, with my boy, my 10-year-old boy, Jean-Claude Van Damaschek, that you must attempt at, at least, attempt to keep it under control at every turn because one little mistake can really define you to to other people for the rest of your life. And I, I don't think Miles Garrett deserves that. You can see that he does a lot of nice charitable work and people who know him um, pretty consistently say what a great guy he is and everything else. And so I think it's gone a little bit too far. But I, uh, on, uh, again, on the other side of this, and this is not me as much as people have said, oh, that's because you're a Steelers fan. Whatever Mason Rudolph did, I don't, I, I, it, it does not require the escalation, not require, it's ridiculous that it would get escalated to him really, you know, getting lucky that he didn't get knocked out cold or something much worse. Like in, uh, I, I tweeted over the weekend, like in The Apostle, Robert Duvall swings an aluminum bat at a guy and hits him in the jaw and kills him. And then this starts a thing. I'm not saying that necessarily Miles Garrett nearly killed him, but just think about the optics uh, for the sport and for the Browns and for Miles Garrett, if that if that moment ends with Mason Rudolph laying on the field with blood coming out, I know this is grim stuff, but that was that's a absolutely plausible outcome. That if he hits him with the wrong part of the helmet, the other side of the helmet, that he's knocked out cold and has a cracked skull. And now we're talking, we're, we're getting daily updates from the uh, Cleveland hospital that Mason Rudolph still isn't ready to be moved yet because he's got a fractured skull and all that. That's the actual, that, I mean, that that's, uh, that that's a plausible outcome to how this thing went down. And there's nothing that Mason Rudolph could have done that would excuse Miles Garrett doing that. No, but we have heard of incidents where, after the fact, when something kind of gross and awful happened, and usually it's between a player and, and fans, fans who've involved themselves too much, and then we hear what the fans said, or we get the greater context, and all of a sudden, we, and I'm going to include myself, all go like, oh, well, okay, then that makes sense that he got that response. He kind of deserved it, buddy. And I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but like, we, we have to be honest with ourselves. Every now and then we do think, oh, well, now I see why he, he did that uncontrollable thing. He was pushed to that point. It doesn't make it right, but it does make it a little more understandable. Sure. I completely agree. Now the latest is from some Browns teammates saying, well, Miles Garrett got kicked in the junk. And that's what that's what made him so outraged. And listen, I, I don't have to tell any fellas who've ever felt even the the mere graze uh, of that that uh, that that can set you off and make you see red. Um, but you know, I I heard Josina Anderson of ESPN float that we don't know what Mason Rudolph said. I obviously know what she's insinuating with that. And I think we would know that. I mean, I, I have very little doubt, in fact, that we would know if Mason Rudolph said something really out of line. 
I think we would have heard that. But don't. I'm fairly confident. Are you not that if he would have said something that was really outrageous? Here's what I know. It's pretty easy to Google what Mason Rudolph came onto the scene being known for in this league. Hmm. I read it. I'm guessing that many of the players in the league read it. And if we buy the point that, well, everyone's got a target on Baker's back because he's such a big talker, then presumably some guys have a target on Mason Rudolph's back because of what he believes or what he's posted about, etc. So I don't know. Again, it doesn't justify getting hit in the head with a helmet, um, but it explains perhaps some of the backstory and the emotion. And maybe when two guys are laying on top of each other and angry with each other and they just tried to kill each other for a full game, maybe somebody said something that felt a little past the line. Well, I don't I, know. It's it, it's an interesting thing, and I don't know if we want to jump in on the you know political views, but obviously a fair amount made of which quarterbacks support uh, the president of the United States, which owners do, which coaches do, um, and so on. And I guess that, for better or worse, leads kind of neatly in to the other side of the equation, which is Colin Kaepernick and the fact that there are legitimately... I Now, listen, I've talked to a lot of people <clears throat> in the NFL who say that ultimately the zealots on either side of things, that, you know... 10 to 20% of football fans are, you know, dyed in the wool, you know, truly socially liberal sorts. And the same percentage is true of dyed in the wool conservatives. And I would, I would guess that more quarterbacks are on the right side of things than on the left side of things. But Colin Kaepernick, you know, three years removed from the league and really things got sideways for him once he started to take a knee and as as though we need to revisit all of that. I will shift it, though, into football terms just for a second because it's in my brain and uh, and uh, I'm a child and, and need to say what's in my brain immediately or else I'll forget about it. Where I started when we were talking about Lamar Jackson, it's interesting that the 2013 season – that the Niners, when they make the move from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick, they really usher in this RPO, run the quarterback a lot, take advantage of the extra um, offensive player you have on that side of the field as you're running at a defensive player. The defense is always shorthanded in that. You always have the advantage of one extra player, which is why that sort of option-style attack works in the NFL. And it's funny to me that Kaepernick, that that was derailed internally as John Harbaugh moves on to Michigan and things get sideways there and things start to fracture inside the organization. And not coincidentally, Kaepernick is making a different dollar figure, which then makes people in the organization say, we shouldn't pay him or we're paying him too much money for him to be putting his body in harm's way like that. Um, and again, the Marriott in football terms, and now we're completely off track with where we started this with Miles Garrett into Colin Kaepernick and, um, you know, how a, re- how, how a fan base may or may not react to Colin Kaepernick signing with that. By the way, we will get into it in football terms and uh, in social terms with uh, our latest uh, audio huddle up in just a little bit with some of our um, uh, some of uh, our colleagues over here at The Athletic. But it's funny because. The thing I think we've talked about before, and I'll say again now, is Kaepernick, like Russell Wilson, and now like Lamar Jackson, 
are able to play that kind of ball in a way that Mike Vick and RG3 couldn't because the latter two lacked some weird spatial sense for all their athleticism about when to get down and not get blown up. Lamar Jackson and Colin Kaepernick never, between the two of them, ever seemed to take a direct lick for as much as they're out there running around and and everything else. It's remarkable, and that should kind of inform the decision if anybody is QB needy about whether or not you can bring Kaepernick in. The other argument that now the other side of things that the Ravens have shown the rest of the league is the the uh, a big excuse for teams was, well, you can't bring Kaepernick in because what you would need to do offensively to make him work would require a complete breakdown of our offensive philosophy and rebuilding it. That's exactly what the Ravens did midway through the 2018 season, and they haven't looked back since. They enhanced it in the offseason, but um, if you you know you could conceivably bring in Colin Kaepernick tomorrow and restructure your offense to make it work around Colin Kaepernick's specific skill set. Yes, yeah. Missouri. I, I want to get back to see Lamar Jackson being stronger this year. I, I forget who the the Texans defender was, but he totally dipped on a. I think it was a safety for the Texans. Are you nervous at all about him getting injured? Because after seeing that in a few games this year, he seems stronger. He seems like more confident when he's scrambling. Uh, last year, I was like, okay, this guy's kind of frail. He's going to get hurt. But now I'm in the camp of he's strong and he knows what he's doing and he knows how to get out of bounds. And uh, that's just not going to happen anytime soon. Well, he's so Lamar Jackson continues to be, and he do, he did seem to go through a physical transformation. Legitimately, he's a young enough man that his face did mature. Like really, I met him at the draft um, a year and a half or so ago, and he looked very young, and he definitely looks more legitimately, you know, chiseled and more mature looking. He remains awfully willowy though, and. I just talked with David Carr about this on on my NFL um, podcast. And, you know, you have to modify career expectations, longevity and such. He's probably not. Lamar Jackson is not going to be a 20-year NFL player like Tom Brady is. And that's fine. You know, there's going to be a shorter shelf life for that style of ball. And Cam Newton at age 30 at best, has to now change the way he plays if he wants this to continue. Ben Roethlisberger did the same thing at around the same age with his career. You cannot be as physical and take the beating week in and season in and season out and expect to be playing when you're 41 years old, and that's fine. And I don't think the Ravens are looking at Lamar Jackson as a guy who in um, you know 2038 is still running around and playing some sort of option option ball. But in the meantime... You know, we're now through 11 games, and there's not much of an indication, at least in the last month and a half, the, these Ravens are gaining steam. There is not, there, it's not, it, there is no feel to it that the league is starting to catch up with what the Ravens are trying to do. And in fact, it's the exception. As that defense in Baltimore uh, tunes up, it's starting to feel like who rightly can you see? knocking off the Ravens. We saw what they did to the Patriots already. The Patriots did not look, um, you know, special in a victory against Philadelphia. And with all these other teams, uh, you know, in, in these very tight games, it's not diminishing anybody else. The Patriots remain remain a defensive powerhouse. I agree with Tom Brady. That's the strength of the team this year, not uh, Tom Brady's offense. But that kind of describes almost every other team in the league that, and we've 
talked about that and pointed at it over these last 11 weeks. In 2019, it is about defense and having a strong offensive line that you can grind it out with. And that is what the Ravens are doing. They're just doing it um, at a level that no one seems to be capable of catching up with. I wonder who's out there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes with a hot hand, that might be the antidote to uh, to the grind it out Baltimore Ravens. And the other team I'm kind of looking at is weird one to throw in, but when Jacoby Brissett's I was in just there, thinking that, yeah. I think that the Colts are kind of built that they yeah. might be able to combat some of what the Ravens are trying to do. They, they ran for like 270 yards this weekend. I mean, if any team's going to pound them on the ground, maybe it's them. Also, maybe look to the NFC for a team to actually beat the Ravens now. I'm just trying to think, is there anybody rightly you would point to on the AFC side of things that might take down the Ravens? I, I, I get further and further away from feeling like, yeah, I can make a case for five teams. I would have said three weeks ago, yeah, 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 somebody's going to catch up with that. Now I'm I'm getting less and less confident that anybody's going to get in the Ravens' way. I, I just I think we're all overthinking this, and we're all trying so damn hard. You were right. You you were confidently saying that they're going to be a powerhouse offense, and we'll see how long it can last, and you should stick with it because you were more right than anyone we talked to. And I think everyone trying to convince themselves otherwise is getting it wrong. I want to read you a funny tweet that I saw. This This sort of summed it up perfectly. Uh, this is from Card Chronicle on Twitter. He said, Lamar Jackson becomes first man to walk on Mars. Three dudes with no Avi on Twitter. Okay, but he's going to get hurt on the trip back to Earth. <laughs> like, that's kind of the whole thing with, with right, Lamar. It's like right. everyone's like, yeah, but next week. Yeah, but next month. Yeah, but it won't last. I think you should stick with the point you made all along. Like, it's working for now. And by the way, if, if you're ahead, then other people have to start to adjust to what you are, not the other way around. So if you're ahead in games, like... They can blow a game just to figure out some stuff on defense. You know, they can work on some things with the rest of their offensive weapons that do balance them out. And by the way, his passing game's pretty good. Like, it's not just running. Well, I think I, I think that's the best point yet. For all my rambling, I think Gabe, as usual, cuts through it and, and makes the, uh, the best point, which is that the long term is is moot, you know, like uh, some philosopher would say, there is, don't live in the past and don't live, uh, look too far into the future. There's only now, there's only the present. And in the NFL, that's absolutely true. How do I know? Because one year ago, football was redefined forever by a regular season game that was played in the Los Angeles Coliseum when the Chiefs and Rams both put 50-plus up and, oh, this is the new way and no one's ever, there's no looking back and this is what you need to get used to. And then the league caught up to that. The league catches up with everything. There is a push and a pull and a, and a response and then a counter response and then a counter counter response and then a counter counter. And you get where I'm going with that. Every, every style gets caught up with by the other side of the ball in a binary sense, eliminating. I know you have to say special teams count as much as the other two, but they don't get nearly as many snaps. So that's not actually true. Offense versus defense. That's the structure, and the defense will eventually figure out, generally sooner rather than later, to try and stop what you want to do as an offense, and then the offense will adjust, and so it goes. And people have largely taken away what the boy genius Sean McVay wanted to do over from the template provided um, by Bill Belichick and and uh, and Flores and the rest of the staff there in that Super Bowl, and they've been pedestrian for the bulk of the season, injuries notwithstanding. And so, what happens in 2020? And that's really where we started in 2019 
um, like Gabe says, was this for one year is going to work. What that means for 2020, I, I guess let's not worry about it because there's going to be an adjustment one way or the other. And if they were going with Joe Flacco and they never had run a single running play the entire season and they were in the same spot by 2020, that would no longer be true as well. So this worrying about where's the Lamar Jackson go from here in 2020 and 2021 and he's going to have to adjust his game. You know who else does? Every other quarterback and every other player. You just can't ride that sort of two-dimensional approach. I'm with you completely about that the more I think about it. Well, and and I'll tie this back to that other big name, and I know we want to get to our, a little bit sure. of our roundtable. Part of the original reason why Colin Kaepernick was sort of divisive in the league before anything to do with his you know, kneeling and, and people's views on that was that he was sort of the beginning of a wave. And That's so a lot, saying, a lot right. of people weren't ready for it. And he was one of the best examples of everyone always said, yeah, Mike Vick's fun to watch, but he can't win. Well, then here comes Colin Kaepernick and takes you all the way to a Super Bowl. I mean, it looks unstoppable the whole way. And a lot of people are confronted with the reality. Football guys are confronted with the reality that, oh, maybe I have it wrong. Maybe it does switch up every few years. And that made people pretty, you know, pretty questioning of, of what think, he was all about. I think that the, boy, I love doing what if where pro football is concerned. What if one thing had happened and how it would reshape um, the the ensuing years and you know, Kaepernick completes one pass in the Super Bowl. If he, th if that ball that he throws, the last play of the Super Bowl, if he completes that ball to Michael Crabtree, does this then cause a more fundamental shift in pro football philosophy six or seven years prior? You know, in the copycat league, there are going to be some percentage of teams that say, well, now we need our Lamar Jackson. Would people have been saying that six or seven years ago if that pass gets completed? Because it's that play then combined with nobody then points at the Ravens and says the with the, that Joe Flacco Super Bowl team. It kind of undermined that approach by the 49ers. We'll see. They couldn't beat the Ravens. Nobody said, well, also the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots have to abandon the way they did things because they also lost to Joe Flacco and the Ravens during that magical five-week run. But I think then what tips it is that you're looking at Colin Kaepernick and they didn't ultimately win. Plus, look what happened to RG3. And it's just a matter of time before that happens to Kaepernick and to anybody else if you try to run your QB around too much. And you'll remember then the following year, I think it was, that the Eagles tried to do the same sort of thing with Sam Bradford, of all people, and he got smacked around. And, and then it got to, kind of got to be the prevailing wisdom. See, if you have your quarterback, he's going to make so much money, and he's the most important guy. This doesn't make any sense to have him running around and taking shots. Let other players take the beating because we have to have this guy available to us. And again, the irony of that is how many of the guys that are missing time in 2019 or have missed time are guys who you would describe as running around type guys. Drew Brees ain't that. Nick Foles ain't that. Ben Roethlisberger ain't that. They all are out for the year. And Lamar Jackson seems like he doesn't have a scratch on him 11 weeks in.
It was something about being a moving target, you know? I mean, if you're just standing back there waiting for two big 300-pounders to come lay on you, it seems like you might get hurt. Well, I mean, you, you, you know, we keep dancing around Kaepernick, but the on-field part with him was interesting this weekend, too, and even more divisive than the Garrett Rudolph stuff. Can can I tell you what Zuri helped set up for us and play you some sound here? I'd from like our that guys very much. Smooth transition, Gabe. I like that. All right. Well, I, I want to I hear your reaction to some of these sound bites because there were reportedly seven teams, right, that showed up to this rather controversial uh, NFL, well, initially NFL planned tryout or, or showcase for Colin Kaepernick, and then it turned out to be a bit of a mess. I'll let you explain it better than I can, but seven teams reportedly there to see what Colin Kaepernick could do. They followed him over to a high school field, and those teams were the Chiefs, the Jets, the Bills, the Washington uh, Redskins, the Philadelphia Eagles, Titans, and Lions. So, we reached out at The Athletic. You know we have guys who cover every team, and they do it well. We reached out to a bunch of the guys who cover those teams. We wanted to get a variety of types of feedback from the types of teams that were interested. So we got one from the Eagles. It's Bo Wolf. Um, so we, we would think of that as a city that could tolerate Kaepernick, an ownership group that might be interested in him. But it's a little questionable whether or not the team would want him. So here's what we learned from Bo Wolf. Among any team I can think of, I feel like Colin Kaepernick makes probably less sense here than almost anywhere else, and that's just because they already have three quarterbacks on the roster. Josh McCown as the backup, I would say, probably considered one of the better backups in the league, and a young guy they like for the long term in Nate Sudfeld, potentially. And the other little twist, of course, Malcolm Jenkins and Colin Kaepernick not necessarily always uh, on the easiest of terms, so that would, I think, complicate things a little bit. At the same time, Jeffrey Lurie, probably one of the more liberal owners in the league. So uh, a reason that they might consider it, but if they haven't considered it, there have been so many chances for them to consider Colin Kaepernick over the past couple of years, obviously specifically when Carson Wentz went down before the Super Bowl and again last year. So the fact that they haven't done it yet would make me think that this is sort of a non-starter for them. Boy, that's interesting stuff. And by the way, I had kind of forgotten about the Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah side of it and obviously he's on the same side of the social social justice his approach to it versus Kaepernick's yeah that would make it untenable in football terms just indulging that side of things it's it's awfully interesting because I said two years ago and I said during the playoff run I I said when Carson Wentz got hurt in 2018 I said if Nick Foles does this again, and it seemed unlikely at the time he had to win out, basically, for the Eagles to get into the playoffs. I said, if he somehow gets them into the postseason, then Philadelphia is going to turn on Carson Wentz, and they're going to want to keep Nick Foles, the city of Philadelphia, or there will be a giant percentage of them. I was wrong because it only took one game. They won one game with Nick Foles, and all of a sudden— um, the fan base, the local media, so not every single person I'm not suggesting, but there were a lot of people on that side. I remember even Chris Collinsworth from a national perspective reporting that he had talked to the coaching staff that, you know, they understand Carson Wentz from a pedigree standpoint is the superior talent, but Nick Foles just runs our offense a little bit better for us. And then he, he upsets the Bears and uh, almost knocked off the Saints in New Orleans, if you remember. Alshon Jeffrey dropped that pass. Who knows where they go from there because because Foles had just beaten the Rams in L.A. in December 
What if he then has to go back out there, and that's the your NFC title game? If Foles goes back-to-back Super Bowls, then he would still be the QB. I don't think there would be any way. I don't know how you would have sold that to Eagles fans. Yeah, yeah, but we know. But Wentz is the younger, more gifted guy, so we're going to let Foles walk away. So it was a good thing that Alshon Jeffrey dropped that pass, except that it staved off where we are now, which is there are a lot of cynics out there about Carson Wentz, and they're into him for a lot of money. And it's kind of interesting that it's Carson Wentz who went number two behind Jared Goff, another guy who just got paid out huge sums of money. And now there's a lot of doubt from both fan bases about the one and two in that draft just a few years ago. Um, And Colin Kaepernick coming in there. The bottom line is for me, as we dig forward with not just the Eagles, but any team, you would have to really be QB needy as far as I'm concerned. And I think the Carolina Panthers, Eric Reed is uh, is is been on the same side of thing and has been in lockstep sort of with Colin Kaepernick. And he says he's talked with ownership there about the need to try to to um, salvage the playoff push because Kyle Allen it's diminishing returns with that. He's a he is a backup QB. The idea we were right about that. I feel uh, you know I feel. Uh, validated by what we said uh, a few weeks ago that he's a backup QB. The idea that you could let Cam Newton go and that's going to be your long-term answer would be silly. It's not going to be. I think if you drop Kaepernick in there, that is a decent comp in terms of skill set with Cam Newton. I think that would be a great place for him. Um, yeah, I think that the Wentz Foles argument is an argument for any. I don't even to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's an argument for any team that bring in a capable backup. It depends if you think Kaepernick is capable at this time. My favorite part of what Bull Wolf said, and also shout out to Zach Berman who co-hosts the show with him, um, is the Jeffrey Lurie part of it. Uh, famously, Jeffrey Lurie was hanging out with Meek Mill after he got uh, released. Uh, from prison, so like he's obviously liberal. He's obviously hangs out with people who are seeking social justice. I don't think we can overrate how important it is that the owner wants to do what the uh, general manager or the head coach wants to do in this. Scenario. Well, by the way, I well that was what I started to say a second ago was, um, this is while I I sympathize with Colin Kaepernick being shelved for three years, at this point in 2019, you would have to really be desperate and have your glass more than half full to expect a guy who hasn't played football in three years. It's one thing to sit down for a year, and we have shifted those assumptions. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, if a guy missed a season, you would say, well, he could never be the same again. Then Le'Veon Bell sits out a whole season, and everybody he had plenty of suitors in free agency. Not that many, but he had some suitors in the offseason. Well, see, now he'll be nice and fresh. That's the difference between one year and three years since Kaepernick played. I, you know, I, I'm skeptical of, and fair or not is another conversation, but I'm skeptical that sitting down for three years, you could jump back on a football field and, and be a uh, positive impact. I, I question, but let's press on though, Gabe, with some other possibilities. Well, yeah. So, so we're going to score the Eagles as very unlikely, according to our colleagues over there with uh, birds with friends. Well, I don't know what you would imagine if they really did that right now. Yeah. Carson's just not playing well. We're going to, we're going to go with him. It's a, that would not be a reasonable. It uh, does beg the question though, if, I mean, and probably the ownership group is sincere and just believing that he deserves a fair look and they hope other teams will give him a fair look. So let's take him at that. But it's right. also possible, also possible that they're doing the old thing that owners have been doing for years and just trying to little, light a little fire under Carson Wentz, let him know we got other options. Like, well, who the I, hell knows? Well, and also, 
keep in mind where the first half of the 2018 Ravens were. They were doing little packages. In fact, Taysom Hill does that. That's the example. It's not like you have to be all in just That's because right. the Ravens have done that and done it uh, effectively doesn't mean that Kaepernick wouldn't be a crazy wild card to throw out there for, you know, three to six snaps a game. That's right. And so there were a few other teams on that list. Just a refresher. We had the the Chiefs, the Jets, the Bills, the Skins, the Titans, and the Lions all sent guys. So let's, uh, let's go with... Um, the Chiefs, because this jumped out to me as the most surprising that they sent a rep. They have the best quarterback, we think, in the league. He's young. He's in his prime. We just saw their backup seemed fine. He seemed like a backup in Matt Moore. Um, so this one jumped out to us. We checked in with Nate Taylor from Times Ours. General Manager Brett Veach is interested and has always been interested in Colin Kaepernick, even before he peacefully started his protest back in the 2016 season. And Andy Reid has been known to make the most out of quarterbacks, whether it's Alex Smith, uh, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, and now we're seeing Patrick Mahomes. So if Colin Kaepernick is willing to accept a backup role with the Chiefs and is willing to understand Andy Reid's offense and be a good teammate in the locker room, and as we saw earlier this season, starting quarterbacks get hurt. So there's a chance that even if Patrick Mahomes plays the majority of his career with the Chiefs, there may be a time or two where they need someone in a backup role. Colin Kaepernick could feel that responsibility if given the chance. And as we know now, the Chiefs have at least shown some level of interest by being at his workout on Saturday. Well, that's great. Uh, I thought uh, uh, interesting thought with Colin Kaepernick. If you want now, if you're the Panthers right now, that would make a ton of sense. But if you're making more of a long-term play, as Nate says there, Matt Moore obviously isn't the answer. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he was retired um, as of three months ago um, or essentially retired. Yeah. if you, And by the way, I'm also one of these people. Offensive coordinators, head coaches are generally inclined to have a QB who can more or less replicate what the starting quarterback is doing. We Well, this is our system, and we want somebody who can capably do that. Probably not as well, but a close proximity to that so we don't have to shake things up. I like the curveball idea. I like a guy that, on the chance that our starting quarterback goes down, if we have to run this guy out there and he's 180 degrees the opposite quarterback— how as a defense would you possibly be ready for that? You can't practice for that during the week. You And so you would just be basically as a defense stuck uh, riding on instinct as you played. If, you're, if you prepared for the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs offense, and all of a sudden Colin Kaepernick's out there, how would you modify your approach? Obviously, you would have to do it wholly. And before you got up to speed on trying to adjust to that, uh, Kaepernick might have uh, put a couple of scores on you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're seeing that in the NBA now, right? With these lineups that you can put together a Lakers lineup with LeBron at point and everyone, you know, is bigger than him. And that's a whole different ball game than him playing the five, essentially. So it's an interesting thing to think about and to further it. You know, we saw RG3 on the field with uh, with Lamar. Now, all of a sudden, you don't know really who to watch and where the ball's going. I mean, you could try something like that. With cap out there, obviously we are not the number crunching, you know, cap space experts. I'm sure a bunch of dorks could get in here and tell us how come this doesn't make sense. But from a football perspective, it'd be interesting to watch. So those other teams, I want to throw them at you because they're some of them seemed more likely um, or at least more sincere in their interest. Obviously, uh, we also checked in with the Niners. So Matt Barrows from Here's the Catch Pod basically uh, 
He said probably the Niners had their chance. It doesn't look like they're going back there. So I don't need to relive that one. They've got their quarterback in Jimmy G. I think we can all agree Colin Kaepernick doesn't look like he's going Boy, back to the Niners. That'd be weird though, right? It, it would be it would be weird. So let me ask you, why not the Jets or the team down in D.C.? Well, first of all, I do have to think about this for a second because that is interesting <laughs> with the Niners. What if? Or the Niners have, uh, as we have already covered, a brutal path. And I, I, even though I'm the only person under the sun to have picked them, they're going to have to, at minimum, I feel like, well, I guess if they we, win in week 17 against the Seahawks, they still, and, and, and do little else, that they still can win the division. But I kind of feel like realistically at home with the Packers, they, they need to vanquish that team because then it gets really brutal with uh, with at Baltimore and uh, I forget how who else you said there, Quincy. They have another nasty one after that, and then they finish in Seattle and yeah, at they, New Orleans. Yeah, right? New Orleans, yeah. And that could be another one for one of those buys. But, um, boy, imagine if you could get the Niners against the Ravens in the Super Bowl and the Ravens run basically some variation on the Kaepernick Niners offense at the Niners in that Super Bowl. Uh, it would be, it would be something. It Where would... at, and on the other side of things, Jimmy G yeah. is under center, and just like you would describe the Ravens back then, well, maybe the weakest link of the team. He's fine. He's not terrible. Nobody says he's he's. He's a bum or anything, but you know, Joe Flacco is not the reason that the Ravens are are uh, winners year in and year out. That's kind of the way this this 2019 Niners season is tracking, even though Jimmy G just pulled off the rally against the Cardinals on Sunday. That would be fun. That's a fun storyline. I like that. Well, all right. So I think fun as it might be, it seems unlikely that a team in first place who've already said goodbye to him are bringing him back. But Jets and Skins... Oh, both I'm sorry, stink. I didn't answer your question. Well, they both stink, and I and I, I get to say that, even though you know Jets just beat the Redskins. Um, no, Jets are Jetson, real good. They're doing right what now. we said they were going to do. Exactly what we said they were going to do. I right now am, you know, listen. How confident am I? I'll put it at about out of ten. I'll put it at eight or nine that the Jets will beat Pittsburgh in because <laughs> that's the perfect kind of, of Jets win yep. coming up for that team to to do that. Um, yeah, and, and I think also the Skins are going to do exactly what the Arizona Cardinals did this offseason. I think they're going to move on from Dwayne Haskins. I bet you that that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know if he'll survive another meeting with his offensive line. Yeah. Those dudes guy. do not seem to like him. And what do we know? But it didn't look like they're happy with their quarterback. And that team needs an overhaul, right? So that that feels like maybe a, that's the a town, answer. And a town where, uh, you know, let's not generalize too much, but it seems like a fan base that'd be more receptive. Greg Roman starts out as a strength coach, so that would be a major leap. But then again, everybody fought, fell all over themselves to get the next Sean McVay mm -hmm. this offseason. So is it that absurd that you would say, listen, Greg Roman, you made it work with Kaepernick in San Francisco. Then now you've you, you've reemerged here with a couple stops. You 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 tried to get it wasn't exactly the right fit, but now you're you you've revolutionized football once again with this same old thing. Would it be crazy to say, hey, you know what, DC, who's who's flailing about a little bit and needs a splash to look relevant to the rest of pro football? That would be a great move. I like that move.
That makes all the sense in the world to me. If Gase is, in fact, back in 2020, that doesn't seem like something that would happen. No. That they would, that, yeah, let's uh, let's get rid of Sam Darnold or let's bring in Cap and shake things up like that. But the DC one, I like quite a bit. How about the Titans? Do they uh, seem like a good fit at all? Uh, they won't have either. They, I mean, Tannehill's not coming back there for the foreseeable future. Maybe he will, good, but yeah. the thing I think that's going to happen there specifically is I think Phil Rivers moves from Carson, California. Oh, I like that. To Nashville, Tennessee, 90 minutes away from where his old man yeah. is. He always wanted to play in front of the old man, and I could see that happening um, for, for, for Rivers' farewell season or two. And then Kaepernick goes to the Chargers, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, this is fun. I, I enjoy the conversation about this from a football standpoint. And I support, you know, I support the First Amendment. And that, you know, the, that doesn't, that's not a political statement. I you, you hear both sides claim support of that. Uh, so I support a guy's right to, to do and say what he feels on a football field or otherwise. But, I, again, from a football standpoint, if I had pristine, you know, in flawless shape, ready to roll, Colin Kaepernick, I just, I listen, color me skeptical that a guy is ready to, it would be ready to go, even if he gave him the whole off season. I think he certainly must have lost him. He's got, he, at minimum, he's lost his high end speed at, at his age, right? I mean, you're you're past that point. And yet, thirty. And yet, Chase Daniel and Matt Moore. Yeah, that's the and all these right. other guys <laughs> haven't been doing jack and never had what he had. Are out there starting games in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, but my old friend Maurice Jones-Drew says Frank Gore is good now. This old because he was never speed dependent. So when fast guys, when your primary thing is your wheels, when you're Chris Johnson and you're based around how fast you are. As you start to lose your speed, it's the Russell Westbrook to make another NBA comparison. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, um, although he's played pretty well at this kind of, but but um, Derrick Rose, you could see at the height of that. Well, that's not going to last. That's not going to make it. You're not going to be 35 and playing that kind of ball anymore. Um, if so, if you are. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was never fast. Peyton Manning never relied on his legs. Ergo, he could play when he's 40. He's going to look basically the same as he did when he was 28. Kaepernick loses his speed. He looks different. You know what, then? I think we can wrap all of this up by saying it's simple. All these people who are questioning that Lamar can do it, okay, then they should sign Kaepernick as the backup because when that inevitable injury comes along, boom, you got the next closest thing right there. Live with that, Ravens fans. You'd be set for for weeks. You've done it again, Gabe Goodwin. The perfect place for him is Baltimore. Why have I not done the math on this? Greg Roman is there waiting for you. What are we doing? Why am I spinning all these wheels to try and make this work? Yes, of course. Kaepernick should be there. Ready to go when Lamar Jackson, if he were to go down, all right, we have if. the guy who started it. Yeah, it's not if, it's when. Everyone's positive the poor guy's going to get hurt. What am I, What? where have I been on this this whole time? Yeah. That's profound, Gabe. So RG3, Kaepernick, and uh, Lamar Jackson on the same team. Be fun, man. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move to swipe right. This now, you know, these guys, they come up with the games, and then they try to get the rules right. We've had some revolts in weeks past. Do we trust... Q and Z here to uh, play the game correctly. Trust them? No. (laughs) Willing to give them another try to get it right? Sure. All right.
All right, the first player we got up that you could Wait, what are we playing? We're playing swipe right today. So what you need to do is swipe right on the player that you would like to pick most and swipe left on the player that you would not like to oh, choose Oh, wait, wait, wait. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I am a professional, if nothing else. You heard him just a second ago there on this podcast talking about why Colin Kaepernick is a possible fit in KC. His name, not Colin Kaepernick, not the QB, the guy whose voice you heard, Nate Taylor. And why not check out his actual show on The Athletic, Times Ours, twice a week. It's Nate, it's Seth Kaiser, and it's Josh Briscoe looking beyond the box score, deep beneath the surface of everything Chiefs. Check it out. It's Times Ours on The Athletic. Subscribe today and be ready to listen because they'll be reacting to you from uh, what happened in Mexico City. Now, I'm sorry, Quincy, for that interruption. Get back to business, why don't you? No worries, Dave. All right, so today we're playing Swipe Right. What I need you to do is swipe right on the player that you like the most and swipe left on the player that you don't like at all. So okay. we're going to give you some stats I still, here. I still am vexed that uh, young people have this at their disposal. Yeah, take it you never had to use it. No. Where where, where was I when, this, when I when I was 19 years of age? Swipe right. This is how you meet people? I know people find it soulless. I find it, uh, like I say, I'm envious of, I, of this. I think I oscillate. You, you go through periods where you really enjoy it, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, people that, you know, uh, I have a lot in common with, and it's so easy to meet. And then it's like, wow. <laughs> then, it's, well, yeah. then it's like, uh, nobody likes me. What's wrong with this? So you go back and forth. Um, I just want to put that in the air. And I just, uh, I, I also have not partaken. I, uh, you know, I met my wife at a party, and I don't, I guess I don't know that love is meant to be an efficiency exercise. I am one who likes to race through everything. I hit, I like inbox zero. I run off a calendar. Uh -huh. uh, I don't like to waste much time. But I think when you're meeting a partner, swiping through romantic. an app. Look, yeah. you're, you're, I, I don't get the sense that it's about romance necessarily. Uh, well, oh, then okay. It's like, in, uh, like they say about pro football, the best ability is availability. And isn't that really the point uh -huh. of this? It's a numbers when, game. What you have in common, Zuri, is is that you're both available <laughs> at uh, That's a good two o'clock in the morning, right? right? Isn't that, am I missing the point? Not, is that, isn't that what the young people are doing with these with these little uh, apps? That, that's not untrue. I uh, I don't disagree with you there. Right, that part I co-sign. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, <laughs> that been a, that been a I assume that's what people are doing. I don't know. What do I know? Anyway, go ahead there, uh, Zer. I mean, uh, Q. I uh, we got uh, sidetracked. All right. So the first person we got up, he has a 63, 66.3 completion rate, two thousand two hundred and fifty-eight passing yards, nineteen touchdowns completed, and his quarterback rating is one hundred and six point three. Wow. Okay. okay. Got all that? Yep. All right. And the second player we have, he has a 64.8 completion rating, passing yards of 2,718. He scores 17 touchdowns this season, and his quarterback rating is 102.7. Scored or passed for? Passed for. Got it. I see the comparisons here. And you want me to swipe right on the one who I like better? Yes. Who, who do you want to meet up with at 2 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your guy? I feel that you are describing Dak Prescott with one of those. And I'm going to guess that that is, well, he, I mean, Dak Prescott leads the league in passing yards at this point. So 2,700? 2,700 pa 2, passing yards already? Mm-hmm. Really? 
I'm going to guess that he that's Dak Prescott you're talking about, and there are few guys playing better than him. So I will swipe right on the latter guy that you said 27. Well, before you reveal anything, I just want to be clear here. You are choosing the guy with fewer touchdowns, and I think it was a lower completion percentage. You're just going, you like the yards. It's like yeah, the, some of the blue eyes or I, something no, appealed you to know you. What? But... I, I'm not playing it that way. I'm, I, I am trying to um, seize on a number that seems familiar to me ah. that I think will lead it to Dak Prescott. I'm not, yeah, I like the, the 2,200 yards, 19 touchdowns. You know who I think you're describing there? I think you're talking about. Uh, I think you're talking about Derek Carr. Whoa! So you're basically. I don't trying know though. To... I don't know the premise of the game so much as I'm just trying to get. I'm just. Who are we talking? I've turned this game into. Who is it? So you're you're doing the like the dating game, and you think by like the voice, you're like, I think I know who that guy. Is. I want to date the person who sounds. Okay, so Quincy, to tell did... the truth is, I think is what I'm playing now. Something yeah. like that. So you went with you want to go meet up at 2 a.m. with the guy with 2,700 passing yards and a couple less touchdowns and a little lower completion percentage. That's what it, that's what I think I heard. Who was that guy? That guy is Aaron Rodgers, actually, not ah. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has. 3,221 passing Even yards more. this season. Yeah. Oh, my. So, so you chose Darren Rodgers over who? You chose Aaron Rodgers over Lamar Jackson. Ah. Yes. Now, what? Wait a second. Is that right? Yes. Look, Aaron Rodgers has a worse completion percentage than, than Lamar Jackson does? Yes, currently. That is correct. By a couple points. And a lower points. And a lower passer rating. And fewer touchdown passes. And... And, and you might be getting the feeling that I was in on this one, because I was, and this does not account for any of the things he's doing with his feet. Well, of course not. Right. Yeah, that, uh, of course. But, and I love Aaron Rodgers. Nobody loves Aaron Rodgers more than I. I said in 2010, you watch this guy is about to emerge as the greatest quarterback in the history of pro football. And everybody laughed and laughed. And he finished that season by winning the Super Bowl. And then I said, see? And then he went 15-1 and one and had one of the all-time great single seasons by a quarterback ever. And he has not won a Super Bowl since. So that uh, so that excitement has, uh, has dulled a bit. And in 2019, I don't care what argument you want to make the best quarterback to this point is Lamar Jackson and the 1A to that is Russell Wilson but there Aaron Rodgers has not been up to par so I reverse my pick now that you've revealed the name I'd rather have based on the 2019 body of work I'll take Lamar Jackson sure by the way I think Tinder does work like that you can reverse a swipe too so uh, we're good there oh that's yeah. brutal really somebody could be in an Uber on their way to meet you and be uh -huh. like yeah I'm, I changed uh, swiped hey, elsewhere now that's how we get down man someone better swiped is that how that game works? Or that was a it's game? Fun. It's not a game. It's the game of love you're playing. And it's a little bit of both. How? What's the window on being able to unswipe? That feels really think, like so, it so could screw with people's lives. So long that you haven't moved on to the person after that. Like if it's if you you made a decision oh. and you're on the next one, you can you can reverse. Ah, uh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Got another one there, Q, or is that our uh, our our? game for today. That's our game for today. All right, that's fine. I just didn't know. I didn't want to get in your way. I didn't want to get sidetracked talking about something else. A reminder, we're back on Wednesday with our subscribers only show. That's when we do our confidence pool. You get to go head to head with me and everybody here in the studio. Quincy, any uh, sense of how I did uh, on uh, on last week in week 11 in our uh, confidence pool there? I went undefeated. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, I think he went undefeated. Pretty close to undefeated? Pretty okay, close. good. So we'll go through our picks for that, get you ready for week 12. But for now, 
Uh, thanks to Zuri and the Q and the Gabe, and we'll kibitz with you later in the week. And also, by the way, thanks to our colleagues for providing the sound, uh, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Nate Taylor, Matt, Bur- Matt Barrows as well for weighing in on the Niners side of things. Oh, I really like the idea of the Ravens and Niners <laughs> playing in the Super Bowl again. That would be a lot of fun. All right, uh, back, like I say, in a couple of days with more. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.